I realised that I felt like Anna again for the first time. Probably helped that I'd met Pete. (laughs) Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. This is part two with Anna Turney. In part one, Anna told us her powerful story about what led to her disability and how she progressed from there to competing in two Winter Olympic Games for Team GB. In part two today, we're going to look at life after the Olympics and we're going to talk about Anna raising her family. Anna has a beautiful little girl who I've actually had the privilege to, well, I've met Anna, her mum and her child, and uh, she's such a, such a beautiful child. Anna's doing an amazing job raising her. We're going to talk about how Anna keeps fit nowadays as well. We're going to touch on on yoga, keeping the weight off while you can't necessarily move as much as you could before, how she's taken to wheelchair basketball, how she enjoys the camaraderie in the team sport, and then a little bit from Anna about how we can all look after our own health, how how beneficial it is to have a scary goal every, every day. What happens when you can't do sport? How do you keep the weight off? How do you stay fit? How do you stay healthy and mentally tough? And how Anna is using mindfulness every day to not just help her, but help the athletes around her that she is helping on a daily basis. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen to part two with two-time Paralympian Anna Turner. Welcome back, Anna. Pleasure to have you back for part two. Thanks. Right, we wrapped up. In fact, you, you linked us nicely into this part two last time by just starting to talk about the family aspect. So now, if we carry on this journey, you're now retired from Paralympic sport, and you're now looking to start a family. Um, you've met your husband, who I believe you met after your accident. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and how, firstly, how supportive or how important is that support from your husband and how important has he been during, during this entire journey? Uh, yeah, he's been incredible. So I came out of hospital um, in, I think, beginning of June. And in August, I went on a course last weekend of August. I went up to the Lake District on a course with a charity called the Backup Trust, which takes spine injured people and um, helps to rehabilitate them into normal life. Um, and this was a sports course and he was, he was running it. So um, that's how I met him. And actually I went away really depressed, not, not realizing that I was depressed, but on my way home from this course, I realized that I felt like Anna again for the first time. <laughs> Probably helped that I'd met Pete. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, going to the Lake District, getting out and about and just doing physical things and trying out new challenges was massive. And I guess being with like-minded people who, or people who have suffered challenges similar to my own helped because I was overcoming them with them. Yeah. It was, I'm also, I guess, being part of a team, but yeah, he, he's been a massive support from then on in, really. Um after that, I went on my first course to learn how to ski after breaking my back. Um, and th- that was brilliant. Again, came home loving it, decided wanted to do it again. And throughout, he's just been amazing. You know, he's 
he's always been there. He's always been on the end of the phone. It's pretty tough being a winter sport athlete because you have to be abroad so much, but he's always been there, you know, been able to talk me through it. And also it's been tough for him because, you know, we got married in September and men, well, six years ago, and then spent three weeks together and then I went off for, for the next four months and didn't see him. <laughs> and he had to just keep doing his normal job and living his normal life back in England when I, I was out working hard, but also in the mountains doing the sport I love doing. So, yeah, I think it's, it's been pretty tough for him. As for any partner of an athlete, I guess. But he's been brilliant always. And, and now you've got, you've got a young family. You've got a young daughter as well. Now that's, that's challenging in itself for anybody. What, what are the challenges that you're facing um, being disabled? It must make things a little bit harder as well. Yeah, right now it's terrible too. So that's um, <laughs> all sorts of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember becoming pregnant and then worrying about the, the, the next bits that were going to come. You know, how was I going to cope being heavily pregnant? How was I going to cope with a newborn baby? How was I going to cope having a C-section, which I ended up having? You know, how was I going to cope when she was crawling and all these things, or walking, etc. But actually, there's not that much point in worrying about the things because once you get there, you, you just find a way. Um, she's, she's, she's amazing and brilliant and absolutely love her. And it's, it's fantastic being a mum. My mum friends who were going through the baby blues were like, God, Anna, will you stop going on about how amazing it is because we're not getting any sleep? And obviously I wasn't either, but oh, I just, I think I, I was so happy that it was all working out and that I was able to have a baby. Uh, but yeah, I worried about bits before they came along and actually you just find a way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this, is, this is why you retired, wasn't it? To have a family. So no wonder you're buzzing and enjoying every minute of it because it's, it's what you wanted so much. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel very fortunate to, to be in this situation. So happy days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. So when, when you are getting a little bit of sleep and you've got a little bit of energy, how do you stay fit? Um, because obviously you haven't got the movement like a lot of people have what do you do to stay fit and healthy nowadays especially around the family as well because you know you no sleep no time probably and extra challenges to boot well I'm, I'm getting sleep now it's fine but um i remember when i first became a wheelchair user thinking how 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 am i going to cope and not put on weight and i was concerned about that because i i'd never um been particularly big but I, I didn't want to be either um and I, I I eat a fairly good diet but I seem to use up quite a lot of energy pushing around I'm quite active so that's fine uh, I play wheelchair basketball for Warwickshire Bears which is a brilliant sport and really good fun and great for you know letting out the aggression and learning new skills and all of those things yeah that's quite violent isn't it wheelchair basketball yeah it's pretty physical <laughs> <laughs> it's, i play it a bit like i used to play hockey like with a lot of enthusiasm no fear and not very great skills <laughs> so i do get fouled sometimes but oh it's brilliant love it it's amazing um and you know i'm active i swim i try and keep fit i do yoga which which i love 
I think it's just trying to keep active when you can. Yeah, because I've, I've been talking to a few other guests on the podcast as well about how key physical exercise is to your mental health as well, keeps you sharp. So mm-hmm. that, that must be a, a good reason to stay fit and healthy. Like I say, you're eating well, you're doing what you can. If, if you don't exercise, do you notice the difference mentally? Do you, do you feel a bit sluggish maybe on days? Oh, yeah, massively. Actually, ha- having a child slowed me down a lot on exercising because before that I was, I was very fit. And I'm a lot less fit now. Um, I swam today and I stop at the end and I can feel my heart going. And I, much more quickly than it would be if I were fitter. But that, that's how you get fit, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you've just got to squeeze it in where you can. And most people don't have that much time. So just schedule a bit in and maybe run up the stairs. Um, when I was in Japan learning Japanese, I used to, I worked on the sixth floor. So I always used to walk up the stairs and try and count in Japanese with every step. Wasn't that good at counting. <laughs> so, but I had to keep going and like, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you've just got to fit it in. Whether it's getting out on the floor and doing some exercises before work or doing something while you're brushing your teeth every day or whatever, just try and squeeze it in. Yeah, that's that's come up quite a few times uh, doing something when you're brushing your teeth. Um, I do it. I squat when I brush my teeth and just try and hold that for three minutes, four minutes. It's a wonderful way to get some exercise in. Um, but what inspires you or motivates you now to, to stay fit and healthy? It's, it's different before when you've got maybe the games coming up or you've got a competition. But you, you could go a few weeks without doing any exercise. You could you could eat a few crappy meals. It's, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world, but what keeps you looking after yourself what motivates you the most is it growing up with your daughter is it the family life what um well i I really like good food so that i guess that helps but the main motivation probably um I i mean i'd like to lose a few a few maybe a couple of kilos but um and i haven't worked particularly hard to try and do that but I, I like exercise. I like being fit. I think of myself as a fit person. So not being that fit um, is, is, isn't that positive. But I think the thing is, remembering that when you do the exercise, it will be fun and you will feel better. Even if doing the exercise may be hard to start with. Like swimming, I'm not a good swimmer, but I got in the pool today and always find the first kind of 10 minutes a bit hard and a bit slow but then once you're into it I, I could keep going for ages so and afterwards I feel good I know I'm going to feel good same with basketball soon as I'm I might think oh you know it's 40 minutes to drive to my training and it's late at night and I've had a long day and I'm feeling a bit tired but as soon as I'm in the car and I've committed to doing it then I'm happy yeah. Well, once you've done it, you've got all the endorphins flowing and you're feeling great, aren't you? And, and also with the basketball, I imagine that the team aspect, having people around you, everyone in the same position, you can have a, like we talked about it before, having a good bit of banter and a good laugh. And that's, that's yeah, great. yeah. Yeah. The team, the team part's massive. It's, it's great. It's yeah. really fun. It's fun to play team sport. <laughs> it is. So um, one thing I'd like you to tell us about now, we, we talk about your job and, and balancing a work and home life. You, you do I, might just, I might just say on basketball, if sorry go for it no go for it it's fine um having a goal having something 
ahead of you is a real motivator. So we've got women's league matches this weekend. Um, I haven't trained as hard as I would have liked to have done, but that's a heck of a goal because I know I'm going to, I'll probably get a fair bit of court time and I need to, I will push it. So having a slightly scary goal, I think is really good for sport, you know, uh, put yourself down for a competition or a race or whatever because then you ha- then you're worried about it and you have to work towards it and and how does your mind shift between going from a sport where the only person affected was you if you didn't train hard and you didn't get the result it only really affected you when you were skiing now you're in a team sport and it has a bigger connotation because if you're not up to your game it's affecting the whole side how, how does that affect you does it change how you train and how you think about it Um, they look at the t- some of the team look at me and s- the older, more experienced guys and say, Anna, you could be a good player, you know, come to training more or whatever. We, you could be a good player partly because you've got the mindset that you don't want to lose and you're going to give it everything as soon as you're on court. But if I have a, a bad day and I make some mistakes, I know they're going to take me straight off court. So that's quite a good motivator because I definitely don't want to be sitting on the bench for very long if I can avoid it. I want to be there playing. So that's a good motivator. And I, I don't want to let them down, obviously. And mostly I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You're bringing in. You, you joke there that your, your skill set wasn't that great. You rely on a lot more on your, your physical attributes and the determination. But you're bringing that to the team, aren't you? You're bringing the mentality of a Paralympian to the team and that there's something about athletes and Paralympic athletes they've got something inside them that desire that extra that extra edge to take something a little bit further and even if you don't realize it you're raising everyone else up in the team to that level so you're a vital cog whether you're on the bench or not whether you're just in the dressing room you are greatly improving everyone else around you well I hope so (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee it because I speak to a lot of athletes a lot of Olympians and Paralympians and and there's there's just something there in their head which is slightly more developed maybe and it's just a little a little extra something that just gets your ass out of bed that day when it's a bit cold and when you don't want to get up or you've just you know you've been up with your kid you've had three hours sleep but you've still got the determination to get up and do your exercise there's just something there that is just a little bit different yeah yeah, I mean, need to use that. Yeah, and what what about everyone else in the team? What's the um, what's the history? Is there are they all from basketball, or have they like you? They've come from other sports into it. Yeah, it's really mixed. Um, really mixed levels. Um, some people have been playing for many many years. Yeah, it's a whole variety. Um, some people are able bodied in it because um, national league you're allowed to. It's ranked, so everyone's given a factor and you're allowed a certain number of points on court at once. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So going back then, we're talking about your work-life balance. You, you do a lot of public speaking um, and you, you do a lot of work in other aspects as well. One thing is the True Athlete Project. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there, please? Because it's an amazing, amazing thing you're doing. Yeah. So it's really exciting to be part of, part of this. And it's a really pioneering project working using former athletes or or current athletes to mentor young athletes Um, but the whole true athlete project is about building athletes to be um, good 
good people and compassionate and good team players and good good sportsmen and women um it brings quite a lot of mindfulness in so i'm currently doing a course in mindful sport performance enhancement which is really interesting and really exciting to be studying mindfulness in a very structured sort of way um and then we we talk a lot about identity and values um goal setting and just the little bits to help the athletes become as good at athlete as they can be um and to support them but having that one-to-one sport support i think is really powerful as well yeah so if we're working on mindfulness it's a subject that i love and i know that a lot of companies now big companies all over the world are starting to use this a lot more so it's coming away from the the traditional coaching of the athlete and looking at a more rounded person isn't it making them uh, yeah, a more, I don't want to say a more whole person, but looking at outside aspects outside of sport. Yeah, and it, it's aimed to improve their sports performance, but also just help them as people and with their identity as who they are. Because um, as we all know, sport can just be, your whole career can be brutally ended with injury or um non-selection whatever um and then i might i'll say most athletes suffer with uh, mental health problems or um, dealing with retirement because it is a massive lifestyle like a massive transition in life um and really challenging so yeah i'm really really excited to be part of this project and um yeah it's awesome it's a fantastic thing you're doing and and if you look at years gone by like football players you said there about the retirement that would how many football players would just turn to drink because they've done football for 20 30 years suddenly that stopped and there's only a handful that can go into the media so what like one percent will go into the media and others struggle with that transition so hopefully now with these young kids bringing in the mindfulness and the mental strength giving them the tools to deal with um, the negative side of sport is going to help them in the long run they might not realize it now when they're young hopefully in 10 20 years it'll make a huge difference yeah and hopefully it'll make a difference to their sports performance as well you know it's it's massive for life and for individuals you know i i was fortunate that i started doing meditating whilst i was an athlete and quite unusual i think in that um in about 2011 um and in a way i felt like it gave me a little bit of an edge and it certainly helped me calm the nerves and when everything is so hectic at you know as you know at a top level sport competition there's the media there there's the family watching there's um all of those pressures that you put on yourself to try and perform you've got other athletes like saying little comments maybe or um you know doing their own warm-ups or whatever um and it's it's very easy to get caught up in that and stress and kind of lose your own focus but the mindfulness helped me to to develop develop focus on what I needed to focus on right there and then. Um, it, it's brilliant. So I'm I'm really excited to be mentoring. So I'm also mentoring some students at the University of Birmingham, the Sports Performance um, Centre. So that's that's a great opportunity as well. So yeah, loving that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There's, there's got to be nothing better than working with the with the young athletes. Um, with the mindfulness and the meditation. Had you started this then before you first got into the development squad, the GB development squad? 
No. Um, although maybe in an unconscious way. So I was doing the meditation. I was doing the yoga, which is almost a little bit like a different route to mindfulness, I think, because you're focusing on the breathing and the postures. Um, and I, I did that throughout, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't start the, the mindfulness meditation until um, the last few years of my career. Because I was listening, you mentioned the, G, the GB development squad on your TED talk, and it brought me back. I've been in a couple of development squads for GB as well. And my overwhelming thought when I turned up was, I'm awful at this. These guys are amazing. And I turned up and I felt rubbish, you know, because I felt there was such a gap between me just stepping in and the people that had been there a while. And I look back and I think if I, if I was meditating then and studying mindfulness, I would have dealt with that a lot better than what I did because I kind of went into my shell for a long time and it, they didn't get the best out of me just because I felt, I felt useless compared to the more experienced guys. Yeah, and a lot of um, the sports psychologists are bringing it in and trying to use it to help people realise that whilst you might look up to these guys and they might feel like there's such a gap in ability between you and them, you know, they were in that boat once. And if you focus your mind on worrying about not being good enough, well, that's distracting your mind from developing physically and everything else so that you can be good enough. So um, there's a, um, and now is it analogy? Anyway, WIN, W I N, um, an acronym I think I'm looking that's for. The one. Yeah, that's the one. Is um, what's important now. So I'm saying to some of my mentees, just think about right now. You might suddenly have become a senior athlete um, and be, be racing against seniors who've been competing at Olympics, but you were a good junior athlete and you're still doing exactly the same sport. It's just that you're in a slightly different environment. So just keep thinking about what's important now. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, so do that. Yeah, there's, there's, like we said, there's a massive jump when you go up a stage, when you go up an age group, you know, it's, um, it's, a, big, it's a big jump. And there's always things you can't control, you know, but you just have to focus on controlling what you can control. Yeah, and that comes down to the mindfulness and the mindfulness training, and that works really well. Um. Thank you so much, Anna. That's, that's going to wrap us up for part two as well. What I would like to, to get from you, and I never told you I was going to ask you this, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. But one piece of advice that you could give the listeners today for them to, to stay healthy and to stay fit. Now, I'll keep talking for a few seconds to give you a few seconds time to just to, just to think of something there. But what, uh, if you was to talk to someone and encourage them to stay fit and healthy, particularly past their 40s, what, what would you tell them to do? I think be active and do something you enjoy, you know. Just go, go and do something physical that you enjoy. And if, if you don't know what you enjoy, we'll try out a few different things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, did, did you do that when you tried the basketball? Did you tried a couple of things at that point or...? How, how did you yeah, get into that? Yeah, those things. I did a bit of um, <laughs> hand biking. I did some triathlon, which I loved. Um, yeah, basketball. What else did I do? Yeah, on this on this course, we did things like um, uh, abseiling. That was pretty fun. I, I love outdoor stuff. Kayaking. Yeah, I really love to do a bit more kayaking. There's loads of stuff I'd like to do more of. I just need to get out and do it. 
<laughs> well, but you, you have done a lot of things and that's amazing. I, I do worry sometimes that people think to stay fit and healthy, they, they must go to the gym or they must run and they've got this tunnel vision, this one or two things they must do. So many different things, rock climbing, all kinds of things that you can do. And just, yeah, like you said, just keep, I love that. Try different things, find something that you'd love and enjoy and, and just do a bit more of that. Yeah. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Anna. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That was definitely one of my most powerful episodes. I love talking to Anna and I was so lucky to be able to meet Anna. Kind of done it the wrong way around. I probably should have met Anna before we'd done the podcast, but we actually met a few days after recording this. Such a beautiful lady. Her mum's fantastic. She's got a beautiful little girl and she's living an amazing life. Keeping with the Olympic theme then, coming up in the next two episodes, we've got eight times British ski cross champion Emily Sarsfield when we recorded, only just come back from the Winter Olympics in Korea in 2018. She's going to share her stories about the Olympics, missing out on the Olympics as well, and what it actually meant to her to finally make the Olympics in her third attempt. Another amazing lady with amazing stories. She's going to tell us things that not many people know as well. Stay tuned, you're going to get some real insights from Emily on that one. That's episode number 26 coming up in a couple of days. So go over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast so you get the notification on your phone. Make sure you don't miss the episodes when they come out because we've got some great ones coming up. And I will speak to you again in a couple of days with my next amazing guest, Emily Sarsfield. <laughs>